invite you to pray with me before I give the word. Holy, awesome, wonderful Abba Father, thank you. Thank you for the privilege, Lord, of coming before you in your holy temple to sing to you, to hear your word, to fellowship with you, to know that you are God. Thank you, Father God, for your mercy and your grace, which allows us to be here before you, Lord God, to worship and praise and just come together as a family here today. Almighty God, you know the needs of everyone here this morning. You know their hunger, you know their pain, you know our joys, our hunger, our pains. You know everything that there is about us, Lord. So Father, we're asking you today in a mighty way to just speak to us, to give us peace, to heal what needs to be healed, Lord God. And to help us understand who you are as Lord. We're asking you, Father God, to do a mighty work in this temple today, Father God, that we may reverence you, that we may learn to love you even in a deeper way, Lord God, that you may reveal your word to us in such a powerful way that it will transform us, Lord God, that we will not leave this sanctuary as we came in, Father God. We're looking for words of wisdom, of growth, of love, of power, and of victory, Lord God. That's why we're coming to you, the source of victory, the source of confidence, the source of all wisdom, Father God. We're coming to you right now, to, to, for, Lord, to just shake our world in a way that has never been shaken, Father. We are in the last days. We need to be Christians, your children, living in the last days in accordance to your word, in accordance to how you want us to live, Father God. So, Lord, shake us up today, this morning. Use me, Lord God, as your mouthpiece. May my mind, my heart, and every word, Lord God, every thought, Father God, inspire your words only and be inspired by your spirit only, Father God. May you receive all the honor, and all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, praise God, church. I forgot I had a microphone. I need to go to that one over here. Maybe I should put this one over here. <laughs> That's how it is, right? When you're up here, you just get a little bit, you know, but may God be glorified. There's no greater privilege um, of being, you know, with church family and being able to share the word, the word of life, the word of victory, the word, right? The word. Jesus Christ himself revealed through the word. There's no greater joy than coming on a Sabbath morning to see the faces of all my brothers and sisters. Amen? That we're brothers and sisters, that we're here together to fellowship to lift the name of Jesus, to lift the name of our Lord and Savior. It's all about him. It's not about us. We just have the privilege of being called his children, to know him. And that's why the title of today is, what does it mean to know Jesus? 
What does it mean to be able to express to a dying world that there is a living Savior? What does that mean, church? Don't you just get excited? I do. I get so excited. So excited. I couldn't wait. I mean, during the week, and I, I, I study all the time, and I, but I always ask the Lord, what message should I bring to where you're sending us? So my prayer was for the, my Nina family. Lord, what does Nina need to hear today? Not about me, what I think they need to hear. Lord, this is not, we are nothing without the Lord. Nothing. We can't even breathe right without the Lord. Amen? Everything, God is glorified. So what message do I need to bring my brothers and sisters today? What message do I need to learn from Lord today? Because we're all in this together. We're all learning together. We're all going to the promised land together. Right, church? That's the goal. That's the destination. The promised land. That's all there is. That's all we need. (laughs) The promised land. That's our destination. So the... The message that I was studying this week, what does it mean to know Jesus? What does it mean to know Jesus? To really understand what that meaning is. You know, when when Carol was talking about, when Carol was talking about that I had the privilege of witnessing to a group of almost 30 Catholic women, another denomination, They're they're the daughters of the Lord. Amen? They're the daughters of the Lord. And only God can open up those kind of doors. Because I was a Catholic myself at one time for many years. And he tells me, and he keeps giving me opportunity to go back and tell them what I've done for you. And so to have the opportunity to go back to a church that I fellowshiped for many, many years, only God can do something like that. I may be an ex-Catholic, but I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life because I was taught by a godly mother who God is. I didn't understand the ins and the outs or just the depth of his word. But I was taught about God, praise God. And my mother was a prayer warrior, prayer warrior. And I tell her today, I tell her today, she's not, doesn't form part of the uh, Christian Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I, I, but I tell her today, your prayers brought me here. It's because you're a praying mother that today I live the way I live. And now she can see that because we're the only ones in our family that do live in a certain way. Because we're Christians, right? We live differently. Because we, it's not enough to say we know Jesus just by saying you know him, but by understanding what the word of God says. Let's turn to 1 John. 1 John. And it gives us the definition. There's many, def- there's many um, verses that I'll be using today. But for 1 John the uh, 5, 
and starting in verse 11. And it says here in 1 John 5, verse 11, And this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in the Son, right? It's it's in the Son. There's There's no other life without the Son, eternal life. And this is the life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son of life, he who does not have, he who has the son has life. Sorry about that. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Crystal clear, right? Amen. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. That you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Continuing in believing. Continuing. If we just go back to uh, 1 John Four, first John four. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to first John five first. Verse four. First John, so just go back a couple cha- uh, couple chapters. First John five, verse four. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith, for it is impossible, right? It is impossible, it says in Hebrews, to please God. It is impossible without faith. It's impossible to do the will of the Father without faith. And then 5 says, who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? That Jesus is the Son of God. But he believes that Jesus is the Son of God. When we talk about believe in these verses, so who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Um, and, And when we talk about believe, believe in the word of God, it's not used as a noun, just a thing, you know. It's an action word. It's an action word. And the Greek word, excuse my Greek, but I I loved, uh, I just want to say it's called pisteo. Pisteo. And it's, it's when we, when that word belief is when you commit, you entrust your life to, to Christ, to another, to another, and referring to Christ here in the word of God for your spiritual well-being. So it's not just saying I believe, because we can all say that, but that we are followers, right? We have entrusted our life so that God can lead us, that his son, Jesus Christ, can lead us. So it becomes an action. It becomes, I believe because I follow you. When someone asks you about your Christianity, what do you first, you know, when they say, well, who are you as a Christian? What are, or what is Christianity? What is maybe your first thought? I'm a believer? Or I'm a follower? Believer? Follower. Follower has a little bit more, right? You're a little bit more, you're entrusting. Believe, 
We know the devil believes, but he doesn't follow. So if we're a Christian, it's, even, it's almost better to say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That puts more responsibility on my words. Amen, church? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So when you see me walking, when you see me talking, wherever I am, I'm representing Christ himself here on earth. What a privilege to know him. To know him is eternal life, as we read. To know Jesus is eternal life. To know him, to understand who he is, to intimately fellowship with him. And, and 1 John, the book of, of 1 John, there are many evidences in, script, in this book about the life of the believer. There are many evidences of how do I know I am living in accordance to his word? How do I know? Salvation, right, it's, it's, it's a set of words. You know, I believe in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Many have said that. But do they live in accordance to what he's teaching? Do we live in accordance to what we learn day in and day out when we take time to study the word? We must take time out to study the word. That's what followers do. A follower follows Jesus' example. And Jesus' example was what? He woke up early in the morning, midday, I'm sure all day, he was what? In tune with God the Father. He knew at all times throughout the 24-hour period of the day where he needed to be at all times to do the will of the Father, for he had a short time, church. His ministry was only three years and a half here on earth. Three and a half years. So he, he was, he was double-stepping because he wanted to do everything that God had predestined for him to do before his sacrifice on the cross. So as Christians, what do we teach? As Christians, what do we know? As Christians, what do we show others? Even if we, even if we do not even know they're looking at us, what are we showing? You know, I say parenting is a blessing. It's a huge blessing. Because I need to make sure, and Joelle and I need to be sure, that we are representing Christ in our home, in front of our children. In front of our children. And we pray that our example, through the power of the Holy Spirit, because parenting <laughs> is a supernatural job. <laughs> Amen? You can't, we can't do it because, oh, you know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to read this book on parenting, and I'm going to do this right, and this right, and this right. No. Lord, help me be a good mother. Lord, help me shut my mouth when I need to shut it. Help me just to get on my knees every single day and call out to the Lord for my husband, for my, for my Francesca, for my Heriberto. Help me, Lord God, to be the mother and the wife that they need to see. And Joel does the same thing. He lifts me up in prayer because we all need prayer. God is molding us and changing us to the day we die. And oh, it can be a joy, the process. 
It can be a joy to be pruned and to be, to be molded and to be conformed to, to what God wants for us. It can be a joy, and it is a joy if we know Jesus. If we know Jesus intimately. That's the key thing is to know Jesus, to spend time with him. Yes, he came to this earth. When I was speaking to these women, I could relate to these women. You know, I wasn't always a Christian. I called myself a Christian. I said that earlier. I, I, I thought I was a Christian according to the word, but I wasn't now having that wisdom and the knowledge that God has given to me. I wasn't living as a Christian, but I always thought I was a Christian. But now I'm living in accordance to what I know, and I know this is the true way of life. This is the true way to live because now my eyes can see the true teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when I was in front of these women and I had to teach them about the whole message of the gospel, in a few hours, I said, Lord, you have a work to do here. This is not my work. This is your work. You have one day. Actually, you have a half a day. Because it was from 8 until, you know, 3, so 6, 7 hours. You have pretty much this amount of time, Lord, to show these women that want change in their life who you are. So I said, I'm willing, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing. Just do your will. So when I started teaching them on how beautiful, how beautiful they're created, right? Church, we're created in the image of God, in his likeness. And he repeats it again in the same verses right in there in Genesis, in his image. Wow. Just that alone, right? Just that alone just makes you feel better. <laughs> and the gloominess of the day doesn't affect that. I'm a created being made in the image of God himself. The likeness of him. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in our image we shall create them. There are no accidents in this church. We're all here this Sabbath day to understand if, it, if it's this only thing that we are, that you are God's special creation. And it's to make you just, you know, when you get out today, wow, <laughs> who am I? I'm God's special creation. You want to get to know my Lord? I'm going to share him with you because he loves you because you as well are God's special creation. And he has a plan for your life. And I got to share that with them that day. The message of hope. The message of love. The message that he is coming back for us. The message that we can live eternally with him. And see him face to face. And by the time that was over, they weren't in love with me. They were in love with Jesus. They just, they didn't fully comprehend. I mean, there's so much to teach. But they knew they wanted what I was giving. They knew. They knew. They hungered. They hungered, and God's heart spoke to their heart. 
and they and I don't just do things, do you believe or do you want to accept from your seat? No, I don't I don't do it that way. I made beautiful pictures and I put a I put a um, commitment on each picture. And it says, This and this day I received Christ as my personal savior because I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I want to accept him in my life. I want to accept him in my life today. And I put a line for their name and the date. So they wouldn't forget this special commitment that they made. And I just had a time of prayer. And I said, whoever, whoever would like to come up and make a commitment, take one of these. Go, it was a retreat center, so they could go throughout the retreat center. And I said, and pray to the Lord that prayer. And just open up your heart to him. Tell him that you want to start fresh. You want a new life in him. And all of them, as, a, as Sister Carol said, but two. But I didn't tell you this. Within this retreat center, within this retreat that day, we had, I had four other sisters from our church, four other Christian sisters that day praying in that room that whole day, that retreat. So I took my group with me. I was ready. I was ready. I was with the Lord. But he impressed upon me, you bring some sisters to, to pray with you, to pray within that room because this is warfare. Because when you have 20-something women who love the world, who are serving the world, who are serving Satan himself, not knowing that they're doing that, this is a whole different life to him. We are going to spiritual battle here. Amen, church? That's how we live. Whenever we're going to go preach the word, it's spiritual battle. It's not you against me. It's God against the devil. And we know when we open up ourselves to do the Lord's will, and only the Lord's will, he has victory. He gets all the honor, all the glory. And we get to joy. <laughs> we get to joy and see them transformed people around us. Amen. The souls that come to Jesus. The souls that will have a new life in him. The souls that, said, that say, I want to get to know a savior like that. I want to stop drugs. I want to stop whatever I'm doing. The majority of these women were mothers. The majority were mothers. With two, three, some even had four kids. So their children are seeing their mother. So we were in spiritual battle. And I went with an army. God's army. My sister's in Christ. And we went together. One sister that said she was going to be there, she, she didn't go. And she goes, I'm sorry, Marie, I just I couldn't make it. I didn't feel I was ready for the battle that I knew we were going to. And I said, that's okay, sister. At least you understand where you're at. Just be ready for the next battle. Be ready for the next battle because now they're going to come with me. Every time I have one, I'm bringing them. Because it's the best way. <laughs> it's the most powerful way. Truly, we have to be prepared because that's what God is calling for us to do each and every day. But we can only go to a battle like that when we know who Jesus is. When we understand what he says in John 10.10. Let's go there. John 
John 10, 10. And it says, the thief, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. The devil himself, right? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy, okay? We have that really clear from Jesus himself. But then how does Christ end this beautiful verse, which I love, love, love? It says, but I have come. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Abundantly. I love that. I had to look that up. And the Greek word for that is perissos. Perissos. I hope there's no Greek um, theologians here, because I'm going to hear from them later on if I'm, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> perissos. That's what that abundantly means in Greek. But I, hear the definition. Superabundant. Superabundant in quantity and superior in quality. You know how we always say, you know, don't do so many. Just we're looking for the quality of the product. You know, just do them well. You have to do them slow. But Christ is saying, I'm giving you both. <laughs> There's quality and quantity in my ways. The best of the best, abundantly. And also it says, um, what, what are some other? Exceedingly abundantly, excessive. Very high, beyond measure. So Christ himself is saying, the devil has come to destroy every hope you have. The devil has come to tell you that you're not worthy of his blood. That you should, you're not even worthy to come before him to ask for forgiveness. And he stomps that out with this verse. I have come to give a life because why? Why, what did he do that he can say this? He did come to this world. He did come to be an example for three and a half years. He did, and he was the perfect example to every one of us through his word. He did die on the cross unselfishly. He died for you and for me so that we will, what, believe and be followers of his. Not just believe that he came and he did it. But no, because I believe he died for me, because I spend time with him, I know him. That's my first priority. That's our first priority. Hey, church, when we wake up in the morning, our schedule, you know, I'm in the age now where I have to put everything down. If I don't, I forget, and I'm always asking for forgiveness. I'm sorry I didn't put you on my list today. <laughs> and if I don't, I won't do it. So I, I make sure I don't have a list for the Lord because when I wake up, personally, I have to do it in the morning. Because if, if I tell myself, I'll just do it in about an hour, I'm just going to go do this first and then I'll go, come back to you, I'll forget because <laughs> it's not on my list. Or something else, will have, something else will pop up, will come up. Remember, you're in a spiritual warfare and it's not with your brother or sister from church. So let's, let's get that out of the way, brethren. Let's get that unloving spirit out of the way if you have that. 
if you have something, a problem in, with, even within our churches, silly little things are popping up. And there's division amongst our churches in such a way where it just breaks my heart to see such division in our churches for silly little things. But maybe to you it's big. We have to remember, this is God's church. God knows what he's doing. God will do it in his own time. God is in control at every second of the day in his church. And sometimes we get in the way of his stuff, and of, of his order. And we need to ask him, Lord, get me out of the way. Help me to be loving. The problem is not with your brother your, brother, your sister. The problem is with the devil that wants to destroy you, that wants you to see your brother or your sister as the enemy. We're in this together. I'm not the enemy. You're not my enemy. You love me. I love you. We just need to submit to God so when the devil comes in to try and destroy you and kill you, as Jesus told us, we can just say, Lord, deal with him or her and give me a love for them. So that our church here in Nina, so that our church here in Nina, this corner, this precious block, can do your will. And that this church in Nina will be, will be known as a bright super light, super abundantly here at Nina Church. That they will know that down the block there, that big, beautiful church, there are God-fearing people in that church. They love the Lord. You walk in there and you know the Spirit is alive and well. Jesus may have died, but he lived today through that church. Amen? That's knowing Christ. That's being followers of Christ. When we have a joy, abundant joy, that no matter what's happening in this, in this world, if we just turn on the TV, I don't even watch the news anymore because I'm depressed after the news. I mean, one thing after another, I might shut that off. I'm like, Lord, keep me focused. Half an hour news of, of just dread and death. Life. <laughs> Half an hour of life. Half an hour of life. Five minutes. If that's all you have, five minutes, then don't use the five minutes for anything else. Five minutes of life. So the more you dive into life, the more life you will have, the more effect you will have in your neighborhoods, the more effect we will have wherever we go. And then we can bring them here to Nina. Because then we know that God God lives abundantly in his people. That's really the message that we share. There's a pastor this this summer that said there's three things. And without one of these three things, you're pretty much not a Christian. They were evidences. Evidence, just like 1 John. And, and I know we didn't go through a lot of those in 1 John. But I just want to point out a couple. And I'll tell you the three things that he said. But if you read throughout the book, first book of John, Uh, 1-5 in the first book of John. Here's one of them. It says, this message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. And in him, no darkness at all. So what does that say for us Christians? That we are living in the light. That we're not hiding still. That we are living a righteous life. And church, we can say it. Say it with pride. Say it with, and I'm talking about pride in a humble pride. Because it's all about the Lord. But say it maybe with confidence. 
we're righteous. Many, many, um, even saints has tried to diminish that. We'll say, oh, we're, you know, we make mistakes and we, you know, sometimes we fall. And some. That's the reality. We know flesh is like that. But what does it say here? What does God tell us time and time and time again through Paul? It is no longer I who live, but what? Christ lives in me. And now the things that I do, I do for whom? For Christ who died for me. We're righteous because he's righteous. We can be loving because he's loving. We can be strong in these last days because he's strong. It's not about what I can do or my willpower and thinking positive, thinking positive. Let me buy a positive book on positive thinking. That's nothing. (laughs) Because believe you me, I think many have fallen into that. If I think positive, I can be positive. No. Strength, (laughs) wisdom, all victory is rooted and grounded in the word of God, Christ himself. We can do nothing on our own, in our own willpower, but submit to him and let him do a work through us. So the first book of John, also he says here, No, no darkness at all. And then it says here in 4, in the second chapter, 1 John 2, 4. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments, his teachings, but who um, is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, just his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Right? That's another word. No, I'm not perfect, you know. Where he can be perfected because he is perfect. We need to start, we need to change our our, our wording here. It's great to be humble. For before glory comes humility, it says in Proverbs. Before honor, we need to be humble. Because we need to submit to an all-knowing Savior. Because in 1 John, it also says, you have been given the anointing, and you know all these things. And that's in 1 John 2, verse 20. We have been given all things, the anointing. When we receive Christ as personal Savior, we're anointed in him. And, and it says here clearly in 2.20, but, but you have an anointing, from the Holy One, and you know all things. What all things do we need to know? What all things do we need to know? This Holy Word, the Holy Word of God. The Holy Word of God. Another part of abundantly, um, when I looked up the definition, it was the word vehemently. And when I looked up vehemently, it's not one of my words that I use all the time. It's, it says, and this is the actual definition also of abundantly. Acting or moving with great force. And this was in the concordance, actually. The Greek's definition of that. And, and um, acting or moving with great force. Fervent, passionate, intense. 
abundantly. Is, it, it, that's why it's so important to, when we read the word of God, when we read the word of God, that we just, don't just stay with that one verse. Ask God to just really expand it for you. To understand, get a concordance. If I can do it, you can do it. And to get the, the meaning of some key words that he gives to us here in, the word of, in his word. And so I go back now to the three things that the pastor said that we need. And these are biblical, of course. Three things. First, we confess our sins. Amen? We have confessed our sins. So we have, we're, we have the born-again experience that Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. It's a born-again experience. So whether you've been raised in the church or like me that wasn't, you're born again. At some point in your life, whether you were born and raised in the Seventh-day Adventist, Christian Seventh-day Adventist church, or you're like me that came in afterwards, there's an experience of being born again. Okay? That's what Jesus told us, and he said it to Nicodemus clearly. You must be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again so that you can understand my purpose and plan for your life. Born again. So we should all, I remember my day. Back in 2000, I remember the day. I remember the day when I was born again. When I said, wow, <laughs> what is this that I've just learned? What is, this, what is this message that I've never heard before that has changed my life upside down? That has given me this joy, right? Amen, church? That's what it feels like? How, how are you experiencing the Christian walk today? How are you experiencing your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ today? Is it exciting? Is it, is it, does it blow your mind each and every day how he fellowships with you? Are you excited about getting to work that day or just waking up in the morning to just share with your family what you know, what you just learned about the Bible or, or how you can be used out in the hurting world on bringing a soul to Christ and giving them that hope that only Christ can give, sharing that hope that only Christ can give? Are we excited? Do they know that those people are different because they're always so happy? <laughs> or, or maybe not. We can go through trials and tribulations, but we're peaceful people. We're at peace. We have always have a countenance of, I'm okay. I'm okay because Christ is with me. It's a confidence I'm talking about. But also an urgency. An urgency that Christ put in us every single day. What more can I do, Lord, for you? What more can I do, Lord, to be a better witness? to be a better example, right? We're confident, we're at peace because God gives us that peace, but we should also have an urgency every day. What more can I do for you, Lord? For there's so many millions that still don't know you. So use my life as a super bright light. Use it abundantly as you said in your word. Claim that promise. <laughs> Jesus, you said you came to give life and a life of abundance. I'm lacking in this area. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to receive your abundance in all these areas. Be ready, though, because when you ask him for his abundance, he's going to prune you to the core. But you want him to. You want him to because that's the life. That's a kind of light that's pruned to the core, 
and he gives, he gives you what he, what he says he's going to give you, his abundance, exceedingly great reward as Paul says it, that's a life. That's a life that brings honor and glory to God alone, not to self. Daily we must die to self. So repentance, amen, for the remission of our sins, that Christ came, die on the cross, we receive him as personal Savior. Second, now we study. We study. Now you're my Savior, Lord. <laughs> I'm your follower, but I, how do I follow you? How do I get to know you more? Through his word. Day in and day out. Day in and day out. Word of God. Study the word of God. That's the second thing. We must study as Christians. We must be born again. We must study. And what's the third? That truly, that truly shows that we are Christians is that we find a soul to share it with. What good is it if we have all this beautiful news, the news of salvation, and if we're not sharing it, then we don't believe it. If we're not sharing it, we don't believe it, and we become like Satan who says, I believe, but I'm not doing anything he's, he's called me to do. Without any one of those aspects, you must be born again. Have God recall it, bring it back to memory. When was I born again, Lord? If you haven't been, then ask him to give you a new life, to give you a new joy, to give you a newness in him. Because Christ is new every, each and every day, and it gets deeper and deeper and better and better. Share. Give me a desire to share. Sometimes I, I, at some points when I was growing in, in the word, I was like, Lord, give me a passion, a deeper passion for your word. I want to read more. I want to read more. Give me a passion. He gave me the passion. And then the third is bring me someone to talk to about it, to talk to them about your awesomeness. And he's done that countless times. And now he's doing it in groups. And now he's using the next Catholic to teach the Catholics. And so many other opportunities, witnessing opportunities. I'm sure you all have had witnessing opportunities. Those are only from the Lord. And it's only going to increase as these days get harder and harder. But it can only, it, it's going to increase in turmoil and tribulation out there. We will be persecuted for his namesake, for it says it clearly in Matthew. But the joy is ours. The joy can be ours each and every day to do his work. The boldness and the confidence that we, we come before his throne. Boldly, with confidence that he's our Abba Father. And no, no Abba Father of ours is going to let us down. He prepares the way. We just need to walk in it. Confidence, courage in these last days. Stop second-guessing yourself. You're worthy because Christ is worthy, and he died for you. Amen, church? And if, and, if, and if your desire is, if your desire today is to just have a freshness of who he is, to just, if you have never been reborn again, if you never had that experience, or you just want a freshness of who he is, you want to ask him for forgiveness for maybe lacking or, or doing things in your own strength and now wanting to truly, truly depend on him for each and every second of your day from this day forward. Or again, or just a freshness of who he is. I invite you up here to the altar to give your life a fresh and a new. Or if it's just, again, to just have that oneness with him once again as you once knew it or you want it today. I invite you up here to the altar to have a special prayer.
is so much greater. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you, Abba, for your grace, Lord God, your mercy, your long-suffering, your patience. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God, that you touched the hearts of these brothers and sisters that have come to your altar this morning, Lord, to have a, a oneness, a newness in you, Father God. Thank you so much that you show us in your word that today, when we are convicted, today is the day of salvation, Lord God. Today is a day to be renewed and restored with you, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord, that we can come as little children before you right now with our heads bowed, Lord, knowing that you're embracing each one of us here in the altar this morning. That you are going to do a marvelous work and continually do a marvelous work in each one this morning, Lord, because they came before your throne, Lord God, and they're asking for special prayer. So, Father God, Whatever it is that they're going through in this life, whatever it is, Father God, that you have to prune and just mold out of them, Lord God, that it may be so, so that they can receive your fullness. For it says your fullness is joy, Lord God, that you are the awesome Abba Father, that you are the great I Am, that you have come to give life and a life of abundance, that we claim the victory today because Jesus through the cross, has overcome this world, Lord God. So if he overcame, we know he will overcome through us as well, Father. So help us, Lord God, when we lift up from this prayer, Lord, to live differently, to know that you have forgiven us, Lord God. Forgive them for anything that's, that they are bringing to you today and placing it on the altar, Father God. Cleanse them, Lord God, of all unrighteousness. Give them a freshness and a newness that... Um, you know, this relationship of your, of us with you, Lord God, will go and, and just flourish according to your will, Lord God. We thank you because you have shown us clearly that we are nothing without you. But because of Jesus, Lord God, we will be everything to bring you honor and you glory before your coming forever and ever. Amen. Holy Abba, thank you so much, Almighty God, for this message. Thank you, Lord, that you are alive and well today. And Lord, help us each and every day to live with the joy of Jesus so that our light can shine bright in a world that's hurting, Lord God, and that we can bring thousands upon thousands of souls to your feet and truly have a glorious meeting when you come in the clouds for us once again. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.